0: Now, onto the show. Today, we are going to discuss the advantages and challenges of cycle touring as a solo woman. And this isn't just for women. This is actually for everyone to listen to and learn about the experiences that today's guest is going to share. Because whether or not you are cycling by yourself, or hosting, or coming across a female solo cyclist, there are so many tidbits that you can learn today. And I have Sarah with me to share her knowledge, her experience, and her wisdom. And she's joining us from southeastern Turkey before she heads north. North again. So, Sarah, thank you for being here.
1: Hi. Thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation, and I'm glad to share my experience with you and the whole community of warm showers.
0: Yes, and I I love the idea of of discussing. Uh, you know, the advantages and also the challenges that you've come up against. Because I know for sure for a fact that you are, you know, you are not the only person that has, you know, experienced both these advantages and challenges. Mm-hmm. And it's important for everybody to know whether or not you bump into a, a solo touring cyclist or you're hosting. This is really good information. So let's let's go back a step and let's tell everybody a little bit about where you're from and how you started, Like what What made you desire to go on this tour? okay um, hi everybody
1: my, my name is Sarah. I'm from Spain from a city called Zaragoza which is between Madrid and Barcelona and I'm originally from China um, just like uh, doing a quick summary of my background. I studied uh, business administration. Um, I also studied one year in the, in the US. I took several gap years, whether to work as a waitress in London or uh, to improve my Chinese in China uh, between junior and senior year. And I worked for five years in, um, in the technology sector um, until COVID happened, uh, I continued to work from home. Uh, But then uh, several things went on my mind and I decided that uh, uh, it was time to make a a change and I decided to quit my job in December 2021 with the idea of um, cycling from Spain toward Asia alone without any time frame and without uh, a destination.
0: Mm. How did your friends and family feel about that decision? (laughs)
1: Uh, My friends were supportive uh, with me. My family at the beginning, not so much uh, because they are a little bit conservative, a bit traditional. And um, well, with time, they understood it better. And right now they are more supportive. They know that this is uh, like continuing. You know, I've been more than nine months on the road. And yeah, so now they are more
0: supportive. So when, so did you, when you left your, when you left your job and you made this decision, did you immediately start touring or was there some time in between and what made you decide to take this tour from Spain to China? That's like three questions in one. So Mm -hmm. take them as you will. (laughs) Yeah.
1: um, So, I knew that um, there's no, there's no like, preparation, a specific preparation for something like this, you know. So um, I did my first bike trip in 2021 uh, during the COVID because all the borders were closed. And the way I used to travel before, uh, it was through bikepacking. Taking a plane, the further, the better. I traveled to several countries, and the more I traveled, Uh, the more I wanted to go to more remote places, like like less travel countries. And during COVID, all the borders were closed, so I decided to change the way I travel. So I I did this bike trip from Zaragoza to the north of Spain. It was 13 days um and and with the bike with no preparation with very basic equipment i suffered a lot (laughs) during the first four days but i also learned a lot and from the fifth day it was like like uh, my body and my mind reset and i just continued and it was very very enjoyable and i really like this this journey And I also did uh, two other trips that shaped a lot what I'm doing now. Uh, One of them uh, was uh, hiking through the Pyrenees for nine days alone in semi-sufficiency. So bringing my own food, my own tent and so on. And I also learned a lot. It was very hard physically, also emotionally, but at the end I did it and I enjoyed the process a lot. And the last trip was doing one of the St. James Way, uh, which is called the Camino Primitivo, which is walking alone from one city to another, to a city called Santiago. And it was nine days walking an average of 35 to 40 kilometers per day with my backpack and by myself, you know, and it was very enjoyable and I learned a lot. So these three travels, these three trips um, told me that the important thing of traveling or, you know, it was more about the journey, about the process, the day to day, rather than reaching a destination, which I used to Mm. do before, because, of course, with with a standard job, you don't have the amount of time to travel slow. Right.
0: So. Mm-hmm. yeah wonderful those, those three trips primed you and taught you I'm sure some very big lessons before you embarked on mm-hmm. this longer trip what are some of the key things that you learned that helped you prepare from those three trips for what you're doing now
1: yeah so uh, uh, the bike trip taught me that it's very difficult to plan <laughs> You know, because I did my plan uh, based on nothing because I didn't have any experience at all. And on the first day, I just threw it away. So my first plan was to do, I don't know, maybe an average of 80 kilometers per day. Even I remember that the second or third day, I planned to do like 126 kilometers. I don't know (laughs) why did I put that number.
0: But it's important. It's like the math. You just did math for <laughs> yeah, that part. That was just math. Yeah.
1: yeah. Maybe, maybe. But it told me that it's really, the, um, it's better not not to plan. It's it's difficult because uh, above all, in the first weeks, first months, your body's adapting, and I think it's better not to force it. Just to listen and take the. Amount of rest you need, and during the day, you know, and if you are going to do fifty, then fifty kilometers is fine. If you if you are doing eighty and you are completely fine, then you do eighty. But don't be pressured by a number or by what other bike tours are doing. Because if I compare myself to to the average, I think I'm doing much less than them, mm. and also. Mm, the best things that happen in the, in the journey are not planned. So a lot of things that happen in, in this journey were not planned. I didn't know where to sleep. I didn't know who I was going to encounter and these encounters were like the best thing um, that, uh, that happened in the journey. So so yeah, it helped me to understand yeah. that we don't have to plan. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So that's a, that's definitely a big, uh, a big factor and I'm sure how you're touring now. So you've been on the road. Okay. So let's talk about this current trip. So you left Spain and you're headed to Asia. How long have you been on the road? And I know I I said at the beginning that you're in Turkey now, but tell us a little bit about how long you've been on, on this journey and Mm -hmm. how, how, how has it been getting to Turkey?
1: So I started the 4th of April uh, of last year, 2022. Mm-hmm. I left Sarawata, my home, that morning. And um, eh, I arrived to, to southeastern Turkey to a city called Gaziantep early January. So I've been cycling for nine months. And then I took a break, like winter break at home. I flew back home and then I came back like Two weeks and a half ago, I resumed from exactly there, from the exact same place.
0: I love it. I love <laughs> it. So you had a little winter break and refortified, fortified and on, onward you go. So let's move into a little bit of the topics about what it's been like traveling as a solo female. What were some of the fears that you had when you first started?
1: Mm. I think when I began this journey, and even now, um, I didn't have a, like a fear uh, specifically because I'm a woman, but just because um, I had like a, like a, maybe a normal fear for living a stable job, um, uh, going alone, whether I'm a man or a woman, and uh, n- not having a lot of things planned because I didn't have a time frame and and a destination and I just had a direction. Uh, It's true that at the beginning of the journey and in Western Europe, uh, you have more warm showers, warm shower hosts above all in uh, France, Spain and France. There were like a lot. So I use this community a lot and it helped me, it really helped me a lot to where i am now and i will explain this little by little but um at the beginning i was a bit afraid of wild camping alone you know um it's something that it always uh, even if the place is safe there is some reason that it, i couldn't sleep you know there was like a one sense that didn't allow me to sleep. So uh, in Spain, in France, uh, there was some times that I did wild, camp- wild camping and it helped me and I and I did it from time to time uh, combining it with staying with warm shower host. But the more I went to the east, I think from Croatia, I think there's no many warm shower hosts there. So I started to find other alternatives and I just started to ask in the villages if they knew somewhere to sleep and the vast majority of the people they just offer offer me to stay at their homes so that Mm was like a warm shower experience you know but they don't necessarily know anything about biking or it's just like a stranger to a stranger and just building trust little by little and yeah
0: was that hard to ask for help to a stranger at first
1: a lot it was really really hard i was uh embarrassed very embarrassed you know because i used to be very fearful before before this journey to even ask help to my friends or to my family i was just embarrassed i If I can't do it myself, I will try to do it myself. So asking for help was the last resort. But in Croatia, I forced myself to do it. You know, even sometimes in Italy or even in France, I stayed at uh, somebody's house, uh, somebody that I didn't know. And I just forced myself, Okay, at least try 10 times. If you have 10 no's or 10 families that cannot help you, at least you've tried enough. You know, and every time at the third time, or second time, or fourth time, they always invited me at the homes. And it was just like that. <laughs>
0: What a beautiful way to learn to ask for help. It's, it, it is hard to ask for help. And I understand that. And I feel like it has probably also carried over into your other areas of your life, feeling comfortable asking for help. And it's, it's not just asking, it's receiving. It's also just opening yourself up to say, okay, I, I need help and I, I'm gonna receive what you have to offer and, and thank you. And I mean, obviously you're a gracious human. I, I mean, we've interacted enough for me to know that. So I'm sure that they felt your gratitude from the very beginning. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. (laughs) I think. Yes. 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 And so what are, what other issues or fears did you have to face other than asking for help and wild camping? And was there some aspect of just the total freedom, like the lack of structure that was maybe unnerving because, you know, we're all, we're all raised mm. with these, these structural ways of living, right? From school to then college, university, or just job, and everything is structured. Our time is totally structured. So to have complete freedom with your mm. time, was that a hard adjustment? Um,
1: I think that part w- was okay because I think I never enjoyed having a r- routine, so that part was okay. Um, maybe another thing that um, is it, not about fear, but is about uh, finding a balance, maybe in, in the eighth months of the journey, because I stayed more and more in people's houses, um, mm-hmm. families I didn't know at all, you know, and if you stay... One, two days three days or five days in a row it can also be very consuming because you are there and you try to be there you know they want to know you you want to know the uh, you want to know them so it's also during the day you did a lot of physical sport and then you are in the, their homes and it requires a lot of of you uh, mentally also, mm-hmm. so yeah, you have to find the balance between staying with families and having your own time, your own space. Some days staying without a family, just welcome camp or stay in another place just to reset a little bit, you know, and mm-hmm. have more energy for the next day.
0: Yes, that makes a lot of sense. Ener- energy conservation is real, mm-hmm. <laughs> physical, mental you know spiritual all whatever whatever your belief system is but that energy that you're mm-hmm. referring to is definitely real today's episode is brought to you by bikeflights.com the leading bicycle shipping service and bike box supplier for cyclists you'll enjoy low costs excellent service and on-time delivery with every shipment and you get preferred handling for your high-value bikes wheels and gear As a brand built around a love for the outdoors, they are committed to reducing environmental impact and every bike flights shipment is carbon neutral. Join the nearly 1 million cyclists who have used bike flights to ship their bikes, wheels and gear with confidence since 2009 and see how easy it is to book, manage and track all of your shipments. Visit bikeflights.com forward slash warm showers today for more information and to book your shipment. Now back to the show. This is very useful, and I would love to kind of pivot here and talk a little bit about your experience in learning to cycle with purpose. Tell us about that.
1: So at the beginning, um, it wasn't like that actually. So one of the things I I wanted in the long term was also to be able to to do to do this uh, in a sustainable manner. I mean, I, I quit my job, now I'm using my savings, but if I want to do this in the long term, I I have to do something, right? So I'm creating content, I'm making videos, I'm writing, and I'm learning um, week by week how to do it, how to improve it. and. Uh, at this point, I know that I enjoy more ri- writing than uh, making videos, for example. But the uh, purpose, um, the 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 purpose, uh, it started a bit later. I think it started when when the um, when the earthquake happened, because at that time. I, I was
0: well tell us about the earthquake. Go back. Tell okay. us about the earthquake. Let's <laughs> let's go into that. I think this is significant. Yeah. So I would love to hear that.
1: So um there was an uh, an earthquake in in Turkey the 6th of February. And at that time I was supposed to be in Spain, but I was in China because um my grandmother passed away, so um I went to China, my, my, my mother was there. and. And we just saw it in the news and I couldn't believe it. I remember the first time my mom saw that news, uh, she told me, were you here or did you cycle in this part? And I was saying, what are you talking about? And I just ignored it. Like, this is impossible, you know? And it was in the following day that I saw the news and I really knew that I I was just cycling in that part of Turkey. So many of the families I stayed with, suffered in some way. There is a family that mm-hmm. lost their relatives um, because one of the, the cities I cycled by was entirely gone. And other families were living in tents, uh, you know, like these kind of things. And it happened to several of the families I stayed with. And if it, this happened one month ago, maybe it could have happened to me, you know, because I left... Turkey, the 5th of January, and and yeah, so you never know, everything is, it made me think that yes. everything yes. is temporary and fragile, and, and you never know, and for two months or more, um, I didn't even know if I still had the bike, this was the less important thing, but I just mm-hmm. didn't know, I didn't know if I would be able to continue the trip, or how good it is to continue the trip knowing that a lot of people in this part of Turkey had suffered, you know. So a lot of things happened in my in, in my mind and I wanted to help a little bit. So I started this campaign to raise funds for the people affected by by the earthquake. And I just kept sharing stories of the families I stay with, how it was before and how they are living now. So that was the two things I thought I could do.
0: And I'm doing it here. That's it, it. It is devastating to hear that that type of damage happens in any part of the world, and having that personal connection to so many families um, when you were there, I'm sure hit you hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So are you still fundraising now?
1: Yeah, I'm still fundraising. While I'm cycling in Turkey, I will still fundraising. I don't know which part is more difficult. Is fundraising or the journey of cycling? Yeah. I think fundraising right. is more difficult.
0: Right. But fundraising is definitely can be a challenge. Mm-hmm. So well, tell our listeners if they wanted to support the rebuild efforts in Turkey through your fundraising efforts, how would they find you?
1: Yeah you can find the link uh, in my Instagram account Journey from the Road or in my webpage like journeyfromtheroad.com yeah i will keep fundraising for one month or one month and a half more while i stay in turkey
0: we'll make sure to put your link in the show notes and we'll also if this if if this podcast is airing after that time frame we'll identify some additional resources for anybody that would like to continue to support oh, the okay. efforts in turkey we'll drop that that link in there as well okay. and support our our you know our our brothers and sisters in another part of the world mm-hmm. Exactly. Thank you. So you are, so you're in Turkey now and you're taking a couple of days rest and thank you for doing so. So we had time to, to chat and what's, what's next? What do you anticipate the rest? And I know you're not, not planning, but what are the, <laughs> yeah. like, what are your visions so far for where you desire to go?
1: Yeah. So in these uh, three months that I've been in Spain and China, um, so as I said, a lot of things happen, and um, I fixed a destination which I haven't done publicly. <laughs> um, but I want to reach China, uh, Eastern China. So yeah, because I I think I will need like a closure, like closing a phase. You know, maybe I will continue cycling in other part of the world, but once I reach that part of China, I will say okay, now it's time to maybe do another project or take a longer break or whatever, starting another project or so. Uh, So right now I'm in southern Turkey in the Diyarbakır. I will be heading north. Um, I still have some big mountains to cross and uh, a few uh, nice cities to visit. And my next country will be Georgia. And from there, I will go to, to the Stans, to Central Asia. Um, so my route will be, ideally, will be Georgia, Azerbaijan, and then Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, Kyrgyzstan, and
0: China. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> do you have, how much time do you have? Have you allowed yourself to complete that?
1: Mm, I, I don't want to put uh, myself like a specific date so I'm mm-hmm. contemplating like uh, maybe end of 2024 or 2025. Yeah. So I'm not going on a straight line like many
0: bike right. do. do. So, right.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Yes. Right. You're, yes. You're, you're still wandering at the pace that feels good to mm. you. Yeah. Yeah. With many journeys along the way and hopefully many warm showers hosts along the way mm-hmm. as well.
1: Yeah, I don't know yes. if if in this part of of uh, of the world there are many warm showers, but uh, I will take a look.
0: Well, I will tell you, Sarah, that it is on our uh, part of our strategic priority area mm-hmm. to develop additional areas of where hosts are um, not as. Uh, not as available in certain parts of the world so we have a global development plan that we're working on and so you never know i mean by, by the time you get to each step along the way just make sure you keep checking and as we continue to work our efforts behind the scenes to increase hosting capacity in parts of the world where uh, we have less hosts because we know that there are and, and, and you know there's lots of lots of different Ideas that we have, Mm -hmm. and so keep 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 in touch and let us know how it goes, and and of course keep checking in, Mm -hmm. keep checking in and see what who appears on the map because you never know. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. Yeah, listen, Sarah, is there anything that you would want to say to, especially, and I want to just talk to the female cyclists. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you would say to them in? terms of your advice or feedback on handling any of the challenges that you've ta- that you've handled and maybe some, some ideas on how to get started.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I would like to, to say that, um, I think one of the hardest steps was to take the first step. It was the hardest and, uh, the following months after that, I was like doubting about myself, you know, but, uh, right now, uh, it's been a year, and, and as I said se- several times uh, to other people, uh, right now I'm 31 years old, and in the first nine months of the journey, I've learned much more about myself and on people and on cultures. Uh, traveling on a bicycle than the previous uh, three decades. So I've learned a lot, a lot. And I don't know how else I could have learned uh, that much if it wasn't with bi- with the bicycle and without having like a specific plan. I have to reach this point. I have to reach the city, you know, like slowly, don't be too too rushed. So take that first step. It, it will be worth it. it doesn't matter if it's one month or two months or you know or three weeks it, you don't have to quit like everything but make that first trip that allows you to to take a taste of of this kind of journey and and ask for help <laughs> people
0: and ask people are help. willing to help I am profoundly touched by your Sentence that in the last nine months, you learned more about yourself and other cultures than you had in three decades. That is profound.
1: Mm -hmm. And I also wanted to say something else. I forgot. Um, There will be challenges, of course, like physically and mental challenges. So um, when I was in my eight months and a half of the journey... I had like a mental crisis. It never happened before. And it was because of everything, you know, a lot of life happens in the day-to-day and it's a lot to manage and to digest. Um, And then it's a lot physically also and the balance that I told you about. Sometimes it's hard to find the balance between uh, staying with people, staying with yourself, finding that space, within other people, places, for example. So take care of yourself physically and mentally. Yeah, that is very important. And right now it feels like I'm in another journey, really. I don't know what's happening, but it's like Mm -hmm. I've learned a lot in these nine months and I'm way more calmer now. It's like, I don't know, it's like normal. Yeah.
0: Yeah, words that come to my mind after hearing you speak about this is inspiring and expansive and the sheer amount of willingness you have to share on all of these lessons that you've learned, it has a profound impact on all of us. Mm-hmm. I'm super grateful that you were willing to come on the show and also to share the ending piece of this was so good. The tips, <laughs> the advice, the balance and those are our things that are sometimes hard to talk about right outside mm-hmm. of if people have not done a journey like this before it's kind of hard to comprehend how that will be which is why i feel like your the way that you're sharing this is also helpful for hosts mm-hmm. right if you think about it from a host perspective yeah. and cuz a lot of hosts want their there's the cyclists to come in and talk and be with them and share stories and mm-hmm. sometimes a cyclist just needs a chance to sleep and be by themselves and so mm-hmm knowing that you have had the experience and are learning about balance and suggesting that to others is useful for everyone. All of this has been mm-hmm. very useful.
1: And and don't think that being a female, uh, a woman traveling alone is a disadvantage because I think it has way more advantages than disadvantages mm. because people is more willing to trust because you, okay, maybe you are a woman, you are more vulnerable, you know, and they are more willing to invite you at at their home, and maybe you see things, or you are able to to do things that a man wouldn't couldn't do. First, because he won't be invited. Maybe because the family has kids, and you know they rather not invite him. But it has way more advantages. You have to be alert sometimes. I mean, on the road, mm-hmm. because maybe you can have some people that. Uh don't have good intentions, but then um your instinct will will keep learning with you, so mm-hmm. we'll be able to yeah. protect
0: that right, beautiful. Thank you for sharing, Sarah. We will put all the links to your social media and your website in the show notes so we can follow along with you on your journey. And we wish you so much success and ongoing learning for the rest of however long you're traveling and make sure that you keep us posted. (laughs) Okay, for sure. on how it goes. Thank you again. And for those of you listening, feel free to go find Sarah and follow her along her journey. And as always, we uh, appreciate you sharing the show. Sharing is caring. So if you like this and you know someone who would enjoy listening to it, feel free to share. Thank you for listening and we will be back. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Wherever you are listening, please leave us a rating and a review as it helps us reach more cyclists and hosts around the world. Visit us at warmshowers.org to become a part of our community or on Instagram at warmshowers underscore org. If you would like to be a guest on the show or submit a question, please make sure to email us at podcast@warmshowers.org. at warmshowers.org.